You're listening to episode number 17 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is president and CEO of GMI, John Hurst. John and I talk about his organization, where it's been, where it's going, and we also spend some time discussing matters related to paradigm shifts facing churches and mission agencies today. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the things that um, I want you guys to be thinking about as you listen to these podcasts uh, is that uh, the issue of, of innovation, the issue of, of research and technology uh, is something that uh, we need to be wise stewards with uh, and to to steward those, those blessings well for uh, the advancement of the gospel and the edification of the body of Christ. Today on Strike the Match, uh, I have a friend with me, John Hurst. He is the president and CEO of GMI. He uh, has uh, co-edited and co-authored uh, a couple of books. He co-authored a book uh, with his wife, Mindy, uh, with uh, Paul Hebert. And uh, the title of that book that I want to encourage you to check out is called Through the River, Understanding Your Assumptions About Truth. And then he co-edited a book with Jim Reepsom uh, entitled Innovation in Mission, Insights into Practical Innovations, Creating Kingdom Impact. And so uh, today uh, I have with me John. And so, John, I want to welcome you to Strike the Match. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on with you, J.D. So you are in Colorado. What part of the state? Yeah, we live in Colorado Springs. Oh, um, nice, a, nice area. A beautiful town, a beautiful view for sure. How long have you guys been there? We've been here about 10 years, so it's been uh, quite a while living in one place. Uh, the longest I've lived anywhere, I'm a missionary kid, so grew up on the move around the world, and uh, so it's been a, kind of fun to be in a community for a while. Oh, fantastic. Now, you came into this role as president and CEO of GMI just within the past few years, right? Yeah, about uh, two and a half years ago now, um, and uh, before that was involved in ministry um, in the areas of technology, communications, marketing, and product development, mostly on the U.S. side, but always working with global ministries, trying to help them uh, utilize a lot of these new technologies and tools uh, uh, to uh, reach more people for Christ. Well, I have to admit, you know, when I when I look at GMI and, and I look at your background, um, I, I see you guys being very unique in the evangelical world today. In other words, and I know we're going to spend some time unpacking, you know, GMI and, and, and your mission uh, statement in particular, uh, but uh, it's very unique, um, and I think it's very important. And so, so I'm really excited about our conversation today. So, so let's go ahead and just jump in and get started. So, I know that there are listeners out there that are not aware of GMI. So, can you kind of unpack a little bit about uh, the organization that you lead? Sure, sure. Um, GMI started out as a ministry called Global Mapping International, and we just celebrated 30, year, 30 years. Hey, so it's congratulations. Our yeah, yeah. It's a, we had a, some great events uh, in the fall last year, just uh, remembering all that God has done and celebrating uh, some of the, the exciting things that we've seen happen over these 30 years. But GMI was founded on the campus of the U.S. Center for World Mission 30 years ago. That's in Pasadena, right? Yeah, okay. that's in Pasadena. Uh, and really, there was that incubation back then with Dr. Ralph Winner and so many others kind of saying, 
hey, if we're gonna if we're going to reach the peoples of the world, what what do we need? What resources need to be in place? And one of the resources that was sorely lacking at that time was any sort of research or uh, visualization of the need. Uh, computers, you know, were just getting out of the mainframe age back mm-hmm. in the early '80s, and and just becoming personal computers with lots of applications such as mapping and other things. And so GMI was a bunch of guys in Silicon Valley in Southern California who ended up getting mobilized, and it was it started out as just a two-year project, um, and uh, it was going to go away after the initial technology and tools were in place. But what ended up happening was there was such a great need around the world, especially in places like India, Latin America, Africa, for uh, intelligence tools or decision support tools for the kingdom, that GMI ended up becoming a small niche mission agency mm-hmm. um, that's really focused on serving the research needs of the global mission community over the last 30 years. So how how has... Because I, I know the organization's in in uh, trend transition transformation. Maybe I don't. I'm sure you probably have another word for it. I know you guys are are developing a new approach, new strategy. Am I correct on on that assessment? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a new time. So so tell us um, where where are things going uh, with GMI? Sure, and 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 let me couch it in really in framing. Uh, you know where we are in the in the world of research and decision support in general, because GMI is simply responding to where the ministries of the world are and need to be and are requesting us to be. You know, for the, for the last 30 years, uh, there was so little information um, that, that really um, having a unique focused organization that said, our job is to get you the information you need so that you can be on mission for Jesus. Uh-huh. That was a huge, huge need. Oh, absolutely. But what's happened, uh, and especially in the last five, ten years, as we moved into the 21st century and as we are shifting the paradigm of mission, it, and with Google and with everything else, the R&D is there. Um, other people are doing the information collecting in a lot of cases. And GMI has trained over the last 30 years so many mappers and researchers that um, a lot of the data is being collected, a lot of the information is being found little by little. And the need for GMI isn't so much to find the data. Uh, in fact, when I talk to CEOs around the world, they're not saying, oh, I wish I had more data. <laughs> Most mm-hmm. of the time they're saying, what am I going to do with all this information we have? <laughs> and how am I going to understand it? It's just so overwhelming. Yeah, it's, right? it's kind of like an information overload. Exactly. So uh, in that context of information overload and you know, I, I call it a too much data, too little discernment. That was the first mm. blog I wrote after taking the job at GMI. And, and the issue really is, you know, the leaders we're talking to are saying, you know, we want help discerning what to do. Uh, you know, we don't just need more information, even though we still do need good information for sure. And so the, the shift for GMI is away from only the information provision area to two other key areas. Um, and they make up what we're calling our knowledge stewardship cycle. And those three areas are first providing the information. you got to have good information to start out. But then you need analysis and support around decision-making because uh, so many of us are kind of paralyzed in fear today. Mm-hmm. You know, the ministry world doesn't uh, permit you to, to fail very much. It's not a... It's not. It's not a a, a, a dis, It's not a thing that's been very acceptable in the missions world because 
failure has been seen as you must not have heard God right. Your, your mm. spiritual life must not be on track mm. if you fail. And we know that, that to, to make it in the 21st century, you have to be failing all the time, in a sense, mm. because you have to be trying lots of new things. Right. Now, you have to be listening to God, and God is going to be guiding you. But that doesn't mean you're not going to fail. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I feel like um, uh, that we, we we leave out that room, that 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 opportunity uh, when um, when those times come and things don't work out as planned. I mean, I, you know, I often tell you know when I train church planters with our church. Um, I tell them that you know when they develop strategy, they need to hold on to it loosely. I mean, you know, I, I think yep. strategies like prayerfully discern, spirit guided process, um, based on information, based on biblical foundations, missiological principles. But they need to hold those strategies loosely because uh, sometimes it's in the shooting at something uh, that the Lord ends up guiding us to where we need to go. I mean, I think, for example, um, you know, like in Acts sixteen, you know, Paul and his team they try twice to go into two areas: once into Asia to preach, and the other one into Bithynia to preach. And both times, it says the Spirit of Jesus, you know, stopped them. But he gets that vision of that Macedonian man at night, and he ends up in Philippi planting, you know, you know, the church there in Philippi. Philippi wasn't where he was shooting at. I mean, he was trying to get into Asia and Bithynia, but. From our perspective, I think we would say, man, he just he just dropped the ball, you know, in those two places. So I think you're onto something there, John. Yeah, no, it's 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 really I think very biblical to, like you said, hold our strategies loosely. And what we call that process of um of being of of holding that loosely and of of having God intimately involved in the decision making, we call that spirit led decision making. And that's when you use all the sources of information and input that God can provide. You use data, you use relationships, you use context, you use the scripture, you use prayer. And all that together becomes the framework on which you make decisions. Uh, but you know that a decision is not an endpoint. A decision is simply a milestone in your journey with God. Mm-hmm. And so, so if, if we're supporting those kind of decisions, the next thing that comes into play, and this is huge right now, almost every time I meet with a leader, this comes up. And it is what we call kingdom-centered, outcomes-based evaluation. King, more wait, and more that, wait, you have to repeat that one. That's, that's a big one. Kingdom-centered, yeah. outcomes-based yep. evaluation. evaluation. Um, unpack that for us. Sure. Um, in today's world, um, boards, executive teams, donors, and partners are all kind of shifting away from measuring activity, meaning what did you do this year, this week, this month, to measuring impact, meaning what was the result of the activities that you did for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a major shift within the nonprofit community on the mission side. But it's a real challenging shift because we would say as Christians that really the outcomes aren't up to us, right? God's, mm-hmm. a, God's in charge of the outcomes. I just do what he tells me to do, and, and God does what he's going to do with that. Um, so this, um, this, this friction or this struggle between a world that is asking to understand what are the outcomes of your ministry and a world where we're depending on God for the outcomes— means that um, we have two choices. We can either say, you know, I'm not going to evaluate my ministry because that would be evaluating God and and that's not biblical. Or we can say, um, 
I'm going to evaluate my ministry, but I'm not going to evaluate it as if I was in control and in charge of it and it was all up to me. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be obedient to what God has called me to do. And then I'm going to evaluate what God has done with my obedience. Mm, okay. Okay. So what happens though, and this is the key to the way we're framing GMI, what we think ministries really are asking for in the future is if I've got the right information, if I make a spirit-led decision, and then if I evaluate the outcomes that God brought about based on my obedience, Mm -hmm. then that's going to lead to a whole new set of questions and information that I need. Mm. And so that becomes a cycle that we call the knowledge stewardship cycle, where in the life of your of your personal ministry and your organizational ministry, you're just going to go around and around that thing all the time as mm-hmm. you seek to be intentional and effective for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, I'm, I'm wondering about is, are, are you saying that we need to move away from, from our valuations based on, for example, looking at the numbers that, that result? In other words, does everything become very subjective when it comes to this issue of evaluating based on impact? Or do we still need to factor in the numbers of people making professions of faith and baptisms and churches planted and things of that nature? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, J.D. And, uh, you know, I think for the last 15, 20 years— we have measured, you know, we have measured what was very tangible and easy to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Peter Drucker has a quote that says, you are what you measure. I believe mm-hmm. it's Peter Drucker that says that. Um, and um, and what, what we're advocating is not moving away from all of the objective measurement points, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like baptisms and you know, those things are very valid things. But uh, I think what we're going to be encouraging ministries to do is go through an exercise at the beginning of, you know, in this process of knowledge, of stewarding your knowledge about your ministry to develop a set of metrics where you ask the question, what does God want me to measure? Mm-hmm. And if you hear God saying he wants me to measure baptisms, then by all means measure them, but don't measure them because the guy down the street's measuring. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the catch that we've been in over the last few years or maybe decades is is we said oh they're measuring that so mm-hmm. i better do it. Right? so so what i'm hearing is that you're you're saying that that our metrics are a way that we need to do evaluation based on this your, this kingdom stewardship cycle that you talked about is very contextualized so how one person uh, does evaluation of what they're doing in the field it likely needs to be different from someone in a different context absolutely because think about it if if um if your mission and vision is X and your DNA and ethos of how you do that mission vision is Y, then your metrics should be, you know, X plus Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we have a mission that's X, uh, an, an activities that's Y and our evaluation is Z, right? Mm-hmm. It has no connection to those things. And, and we wonder why people struggle to see, you know, to understand our, the outcomes that we're telling people we're producing because it doesn't fit with who we are. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to something you said earlier. You, you, you mentioned in passing shifting paradigms and mission today. Are, are you able to kind of expound on, on what you mean by that? Sure. You know, um, Dr. Ted Ward, uh, who uh, most recently taught at Trinity, um, 
uh, made a prediction. He said, you know, and this was a prediction, I think, back in the 90s, but he said, within the next 25 years, half of all the missions organizations that exist today will have either merged or gone away. And what he was really uh, alluding to in that is that we are in a time of significant paradigm shift with mission. And, you know, if you look at Thomas Kuhn and what he meant by paradigm shift, it was this moment when, you know, when you're in a paradigm, one plus two equals three. Mm -hmm. And that's very consistent, very normal. You can count on it when you make your strategy and when you do all your work and when you make your assumptions. When you're in a paradigm shift, all of a sudden one plus two starts equaling five. Mm -hmm. And you don't know why. Um, and, and missions right now is in a paradigm shift, meaning that all the old levers and all the old systems, whether it's systems of raising support or systems of how a Western organization works with a Global South organization or systems about church multiplication, all those dynamics that were fairly stayed and uh, accepted and understood in the 20th century fundamentally don't work the same way anymore. Mm. And we're in an, okay. a time of exploration of saying, okay, so if one plus two equals five, then my whole equation's wrong. So I need to do the research and the thinking to now understand the new paradigm so that my equation adds up correctly. So then in, in, in a context like that whereby there is a great deal of uncertainty, the need for allowance to to do things that may not work out as originally strategized and planned for, that really is critical, critical to the work on the field, right? Absolutely. Right now, the biggest danger most missionaries, ministries folks are facing is relying on old assumptions and not being lifelong learners. Mm. Good, good word, man. Good word. Your mission statement, GMI, leverages research and technology to create, cultivate, and communicate. Uh, I, I, you must be a preacher, man. You got that alliteration going on there, brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to create, cultivate, and communicate mission information to insight that inspires kingdom service. Uh, man, there's a lot packed in that. Could you, uh, and maybe you've already kind of done that earlier in our, in our in our conversation. But I mean, can you kind of unpack that just in a you know just a minute or two? Kind of what all that what all is in there? There's so much in there. Sure. Well, it really goes back to this knowledge stewardship cycle that I just mentioned, meaning that we we use our tools, our research and technology. So we use tech tools and we use research methodologies. And we create, cultivate, communicate information. So that's the provision of information mm -hmm. that leads to insight. That's the decision support okay. that inspires kingdom service. That's leads to the evaluation. So it really is this idea that if you, if you have the right information, if you make the right decision, and if you evaluate the service that you do for the king and you rinse and repeat over and over and over again, mm -hmm you're going to be able to get through this paradigm shift and you're going to be able to have an intentional spirit-led strategy for what God wants you to be doing. So how we how we begin when we first hit the field uh, will not look like what we're doing five years down the road as we go through this iterative process of, as you just described, kind of rinse and repeat. We, we come to better understanding as the Spirit gives us discernment. Is that correct? Absolutely. We are in a place where... Every three to six months, everyone in any ministry needs to be asking the question, what has to change about what I'm doing? Um, we're in rapid, innovative cycles right now. And that's going to be the case for the next while, until the next paradigm 
mm. gets firmly established and we have some rules of the road or we call them railroad tracks, you right. know, until the new railroad tracks are laid, mm -hmm. you're going to have to be very flexible and very open to change if you're going to be effective in ministry. And I, I mean, I think that's a good word for pastors. I think it's a good word for, for agency leaders that are out there, for uh, for those that are teaching uh, in academic institutions uh, in days to come. John, tell us, um, what, what are some of your most recent initiatives with GMI? Sure, I, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight three things uh, that we've been up to. Um, one is um, it, we have a lot of ongoing work that we've done in India over 20 years of training and equipping Indian leaders to use research tools. Uh, but recently with our new strategy, we said, you know, we really need to understand uh, decision-making in India better in a culturally contextualized way. Mm -hmm. So we actually did a big research project um, um, to understand how Indian leaders make decisions. And out of that, we produced a, a research report. We also produced a monograph for Western leaders to help them understand how their partners in India make decisions. Oh, that's great. And, and we just released a leadership book for the Indian market called Decision Time, written by an Indian author and forwarded by Dr. Ravi Zechariah, um, just applying the lessons from our research for for lots of different leaders, you know, who, mm -hmm. who might be either on the field or mm -hmm. in home offices but helping them understand their own decision processes and think through how they can be better at making decisions. That is awesome. Very so, true. So that's one example. Then the other one I'll mention to you um, is we recently launched a service called Missio Graphics. Um, I have seen those. I love those. Yeah, aren't those fun? They're essentially infographics for missions. Mm -hmm. And uh, regularly we publish these infographics along with prayers, um, applications for personal ministry, for church ministry, and for mission agency ministry. And these are infographics on a variety of topics on global mission that make the data very accessible and engaging and connected. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, we, we're doing one next week on World Water Day, um, talking about uh, the whole um, area of, of uh, water access and hygiene and sanitation and how critical that is in, in within the global ministry world and uh, just lots of different topics like that but that's a that's been a key one for us uh -huh. because what we have found in a time when there's information overload is is if you bury your data in big research reports mm -hmm. um, right. the likelihood that it's going to be an effective tool for a broad audience is very low. Yeah. You have to make it very accessible. Yeah, that's a very good point. And you said there's a third one, third initiative you guys have been working on. Yeah, yeah. The the third one I would describe um, as as some of our um, custom research work. Um, we are working with a lot of agencies and ministries and churches as well. We do a lot of work with. We're starting to do work with um, with local churches here in the U.S. as they work on their diaspora ministry and that sort of thing. But where we come in and they say, here's our problem. Here's the thing that we're really struggling with. And then we come alongside them and help them to do a real custom research project mm -hmm. around solving that issue. Like um, we're doing one right now for a training ministry that trains pastors around the world. And they said, we want to evaluate um, how effective our training ministry is in actually transforming people in the pews because of the pastoral work mm -hmm. that our trainees are, are, are doing as they leave our training. And so we're doing a four-country study 
of their training efforts, uh, second generation trainees, as well as people in the pews who are sitting under these pastors. Wow. So that we can help this ministry to really take a look at the transformative nature of what they're doing. Fantastic. John, before I let you go today, man, tell us, how can we uh, get in touch with GMI? Uh, where are you guys online? And then you personally, I mean, where are you? I'm sure you have a social uh, media presence as well. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, starting with me, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at John Hurst, J-O-N-H-I-R-S-T, and then the letters GMI. Uh, so that's where I'm at on Twitter. Okay, spell, do, do, one more, spell it one more time. Yeah, it's at J-O-N-H-I-R-S-T-G-M-I. Okay. Um, and then GMI is just GMI.org, so that's easy. And then uh, what I would recommend as a way to kind of just dive in, go to that site for sure, but then dive in with us at missiographics.com, M-I-S-S-I-O, and then the word graphics, all one word, dot com. And you can go to any social media site out there, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and just type Missiographics after, after the main URL and you'll mm-hmm. get us. And, uh, and that's the way to get into kind of connected to a lot of our content. Awesome. My uh, guest today on Strike the Match uh, has been John Hurst, uh, president and CEO of GMI. Uh, GMI is uh, one of the uh, thought leaders today in evangelical circles, and uh, they are asking great questions, and they are helping uh, lead us into to new uh, avenues uh, that are appropriate in light of uh, a world that is uh, rapidly changing as we seek to advance the gospel and multiply disciples and leaders in churches. So, John, thank you so very much for being with us today. My pleasure. It's great to be with you, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.